0: what is going on guys i'm so excited today we're we have our back to school special we've got uh, of course kyle the teacher he's gonna be here with us and we got another guest that's new to the show uh mr brad burden we're excited to have him on here and so we're gonna be discussing some some back to school challenges and um y- you know sharing our faith inside the schools and different things like that and, and the direction we see the schools going so um let's get started on real men talk
1: Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts.
0: All right, all right, all right. Here we go. So, uh, so of course we're, we're. I'm I'm always excited. Doesn't matter what we're doing. I'm I'm super excited all the time. So, uh, but we're gonna go ahead and introduce everybody. You guys know Kyler, but Kyler, just for new listeners, kind of go ahead and give everybody, you, you know, uh, where you teach at, what what you teach, what grades you
2: teach. Well, I'm actually starting a new position this year. I came into the Pablo School District about six years ago, eight years coaching, and then six years ago teaching. Um, I taught my first year uh, freshman history, and I taught the last five years um, as seventh grade science at our junior high. And then this year, I'm actually starting my first job as the instructional coach for the Pablo School District. So many different hats right now.
0: So, Yeah, dude, that sounds awesome. Different thought. Yeah. So, and, and of course, uh, Brad Burden, we have due to the show. Brad, go ahead and introduce yourself. To, you know, of course, uh, again, give us, you know, what you teach, coach, uh, the, the school district you're in, all the like good jazz. All right. So I am Brad Burden. Um, I teach at Newville,
3: and uh, I am currently a JAG specialist for junior high. That's jobs for America's graduates. Uh, this will be my second year with that program. And I coach junior high and high school
0: basketball. So, awesome awesome you've coached basketball for a while now haven't you
3: yeah i have i assisted for uh let's see seven years and this is my second year as the the head coach so so it's been a while
0: yeah you go for a championship this year uh that's the hope (laughs) we'll see (laughs) awesome awesome so both of you guys are seasoned teachers um you know it is exciting to get different perspectives you know kyle is from a, a larger school for the area it's it's really the largest school in this area mm-hmm. um and then you know brad you come from a smaller school in neilaville about how many students you have there in neilaville um total I, i'm not really sure but for uh high school we have about
3: 128 and that's 9 through 12 so i'd say i mean
0: maybe maybe 300 in the entire school yeah okay all right. And of course, Kyler, you've got, you know, what, 400, 400, 500 students per class? Yeah, we average about 350,
2: I think, per class. So we got about 5,000 kids in the school district. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so we have this area that's pretty good size. Yeah. Yeah. Until you get up to like Farmington or St. Louis or, you know, and all that good jazz. So, yeah. So it, it's exciting to get these different perspectives. So, um. Let's let's start off with something. Let's start off with something easy. What is what is your favorite subject to to talk about or teach? So, Kyler, I know you took it took another role this year, um, starting a new role. But you kind of what's what's your favorite subject to talk about? Um, my favorite one to teach was probably leadership. Um, I got the
2: opportunity to help create a student ambassador program at the junior high. And we implemented a couple of different leadership curriculums. And we helped develop kids into leaders that thought more. And I tried to make it more servant leadership oriented than it was any other leadership. But they got to start developing now. Start trying to figure out what kind of leader they were, how they wanted to lead. They tried to develop in. Um, sculpt their leadership skills from a young age and that's it just grows with them through high school because then they get to high school and jenny randolph she's at our high school and she teaches a leadership class that goes from there but that's probably my favorite one because they get to do all types of things i mean we did uh all the events and the games the assemblies at the junior high but then they also went out and they did um different uh, volunteer work too so i mean it was it was probably the best thing that i've taught so far
0: yeah all right so let's um Let's go with something. Uh, what's the most difficult thing that you guys deal with um, from year to year?
2: The The hardest thing it is as a teacher, especially at a larger school, mm-hmm. um, would be trying to make sure that we can develop a relationship with each and every single student. Because from mine, from the time you enter my classroom to the time you leave my classroom, you had about 50 minutes. And I have standards. I have things that I have to cover within the year and trying to find that fine line between making sure that you care for the student and make sure that you go through the standards because there's so much stress on teachers Mm -hmm. to get their job done, to make sure, especially in a large school district, and I'm sure it's it's probably the same in a small district because I mean, now they tie test scores to funding. And so there's just, there's more and more stress put on a teacher to get through everything that they're taught and to help kids make good grades on the math tests on the EOCs on their, um, uh, there's another one I can't remember, GLEs, I think they may have taken that one out now, but all the state standard testing is there's so much stress put on those that it's it's hard to push that aside and realize that these students aren't robots. They're not here to perform. They also need to be cared for because we get them eight hours a day, which is, especially in Papa Bluff, is more they see than most of their family. So the hard right. part is trying to keep that fine line between developing the relationship with the kid and feeding into them, and then making sure that you get all your stuff done.
0: Yeah. What about you, Brad? What, what's some difficult something difficult from year to year that you deal with it in in Neathville? You know, I would agree with Tyler. Uh, th- I'm a firm believer that building those relationships
3: uh with those kids is how you're going to get the most success out of them anyway you know reach their full potential if, if you don't have a relationship with your, your students you're not going to tap in to um, to get the potential that you know that they can they can actually achieve um but at the smaller school level i would say something that is probably also like a, the larger schools but you know our area is a very low income uh, area at Neelyville, um, with that, you know, sometimes your the parents are working double jobs, triple jobs, you know, the student is the parent sometimes at night. Um, so helping them kind of navigate that along with their schoolwork as a JAG teacher, it's a, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot easier for me because that is part of my job. You know, that's, that's part of what I do in the program. But when I was teaching a core class, you know, like Kyler mentioned, you know, your state standards, your your testing at the end of the year, um, that's a very big deal, especially in public schools. So um, you still have to remember their, their people and, and you know, um, help them achieve as good as they ca- possibly cl- can in the classroom. But at the same time, help them navigate those uh, struggles and um, the realities that they're going home to every day. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure I- I'm sure that some of the Well, not not. I'm not sure I know some of the situations in both in Popper Bluff and Nealville. And this is every school, especially uh, maybe, I'm sure it's not just limited to this area. Um, but there are so many kids that, that come from broken homes or homes that are, uh, you, you know, where, where they are the parent at, or they are the, uh, you, you know, the, the most responsible person in, in the house, you know, and, um, and it's, it's hard to watch those kind of things. You know, I was a children's pastor for for nine years. And, um, and I, the, the things, Brad, you remember those days. And, um, it, you know, the, the, the things that, that we would see, the things that I would have to deal with, you know, not, you know, during the week and, you, you know, kids being molested and kids being, you know, all these different things, awful lifestyles, you know, mom's in prison, dad's dead or, you know, dad's in prison, mom's gone. They don't know where they're at, you know, living with grandparents and, and stuff. You you guys, you guys do, deal with these students on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that I've, I've really come to learn, um, dealing with men, right? Of course, you, you know, we're talking about men, not students, but it, it, it applies the same is, trying to realize that the people that I'm dealing with are wounded. Yeah. Yes. You you know what I mean? And, and I'm sure as a teacher, you know, kid, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure kids get on your nerves. You know, I'm Never. sure that they push <laughs> Precious baby angels. Yeah. I'm sure they push the boundaries, you know, I, I Oh God, God bless my teachers. And, uh, you know, but, but to me, you had to show up first. Hey, right. Yeah. I know. I know. All right, we're not here to talk about me, but uh, <laughs> you know, but but seriously, you know, you know, uh, dealing with dealing with students that that are wounded and coming from those, in the way that you have to handle uh, certain situations versus uh, somebody who you you know, and I guess the point that I'm getting to is there's such a variety of kids, and i in today, and I'm sure that it's difficult to navigate those relationships when there's so many wounds yes you want to expand on that
2: it's well it's hard because you and it goes back to that developing students with relationships with students because a lot of their issues transcribe into behavior issues is they're acting out if they're hungry they want to eat in your class you have that rule they don't eat they are going to eat anyways because they don't get it at night time they don't get attention so they're going to try to get attention from you at home if they um, don't get enough sleep at home because they're up at nighttime for whatever reason, whether it just be simple like playing video games or they fear for the lives at night. I mean, there's the hardest part is knowing how to get that relationship open up so you can learn that information. Because yeah. they're not, I mean, kids and men are, are the same. They're not just going to open up to you. Right, It's, it's hard. You've got to develop that relationship first and then sometimes you develop the relationship and they still don't open up to you. And so you just feel like you've got this behavior issue that, you know, I've got this good relationship with this kid, but he's still, I'm not in my classroom. I can't get him to sit down. I can't get him to do anything. So the hard part is trying to get this to just open up so you can create a full understanding of who they are and the reasoning behind them. Because a lot of the behavior issues that we have, not all, I'm not saying all of them, but majority of them have a reason behind them. They're not just acting out to act out. They're acting out because of some reason, whether that be, you know, fill a blank, dot, dot, dot. So the hard part is trying to, because you don't get enough time. I mean, I taught, I think I had 130 students last year just to myself for science. Right. That's a lot. And I've got 50 minutes with those kids, like I said, and I've got to do, you know, whatever else I've got to get done, teach them my standards. But I can't take that time to develop the relationship with those kids because there's me plus 30 kids in the class. My mm. average class thing, the, my smallest class was 27 kids. Mm. And I can't develop those relationships. And that's the hard part is I can't, get to the root of the problem because i don't have enough time i don't have enough there's not enough of me to do so right
3: red you know uh, on that so to add to that. yeah so in in jag you know we have to do interviews uh every year with whether they're returning students or whether they're uh students that are new to the program and the interviews get very personal um that's what we call barriers and uh you it would blow your mind how many junior high students have contemplated suicide or attempted self-harm, you know, um, or have depression or low self-esteem and don't understand the value of, of who they are and their self-worth. Um, and I, I think that translates into individuals in general, you know, I especially in today's society, I just feel like uh, as we continue to progress, that uh, our, our self-worth many people feel like it just continues to diminish and um it, it, that is a that's a hard thing to to do whenever you know you have a, a student come in and uh needs to have somebody to talk to so you you have that conversation um and the the, the events that transpired the night before or the week before or that morning <laughs> you know um it's 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 a tough thing for for kids at that age to even deal with then they shouldn't have to you know but
0: anyway um i think you know that that's a big deal so yeah how much how much do you think that culture plays into the situations that you deal with on a day-to-day basis right i'll start with you okay so i think
3: in a a ginormous amount um I think everything these kids are seeing on TV, I think social media, uh, the, the relationships that they're creating online or whether it be online or in person, um, I just, I feel like na- more now than ever, uh, the pressure for them to be somebody they're not, or to meet a certain standard that they shouldn't meet is, uh, I think it's greater than it's ever been. And because of that, they, they're they're expected to mature way too fast or not expected to, but they're pressured to mature way too fast. And because of that, um, I think all these emotions are, are building up in their, in in their bodies and their minds. And, and then they start to have negative effects from that.
2: That's, I think it's a big part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kyler. I mean, he hit it on the nail and there's nothing, your, your culture is what you're brought up in. It's what you value. It's what you're, what you deem is important. And a lot of these kids, they come to school. And they don't see school as important. They don't want to be at school. That's not the that's not their end goal. Their end goal is not to go to college, Their end goal is not to get a degree. And we've put so much pressure on all kids to go to college, now that it's become almost like an expectation. And they yeah. know, and some kids understand that that's an expectation that they can't meet. They they know that they're not good at school. They can't do well in school. Some kids generally try, and their their best is a C their best is, this is, I am average and I can do this and I can't do any more. And some kids, things come harder for, and and the culture plays a huge aspect in the fact that some parents don't require more. Some parents don't need more. They want you to do your best and then some parents don't require anything. And then those are our D's and our F students that they're just trying to get by. They're trying to, you know, get through to the day until they can go home again and they got to do whatever, or they're just some kids wake up and they just go through the motions. You know, mm-hmm. we check off the list and we keep going, and that's the hard part. Is where we as teachers try to instill the importance of education in our students, but they're not worried about coming to school. They're not worried about. They're worried about, you know, what what's their mom and dad going to think of them at the end of the day, or what are their friends going to think of them at the end of the day, or what's little sweetie going to think about them at the end of the day, or, or you know, what's their next meal? What mm-hmm. the, the culture behind is going to play an aspect in it because they they're just. They're, they, we we don't realize that, and we live teachers sometimes and men and you know everybody in education we live in this bubble that education is the most important thing and don't get me wrong it is very important, but when we we neglect to get to the root of the problem we get to to instill and change the culture of the area mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything better inside the school and that's where we we have tried I know at the junior high we we focus so much on the culture that we build. And it's so important that that bleeds outside into the community and as a community, we don't always put an emphasis on education. We kind of just put an emphasis on, you know, social status on who's got the most followers on who's got, you know, whatever else. And we've taken that away and that's the hard part is trying to make sure that we, we are working to strive to change the culture. So they deem it as important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is fantastic. Um, We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to continue the discussion of culture in the schools. We'll be right back after this.
4: This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by The Jewelers Bench. They are a full service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed Citizen Watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 Northwestwood or call 573-686-1522. Call or
5: stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.
1: Hey, Bob, you want to turn down the stereo? I'm going to go to my room and pray for a while. Yeah, no problem. Oh, Lord. All I want to do is please you. Just let me know what it is you would have me do, Lord. Hey, Frank, Ed's here, and he needs some old clothes for the mission. You want to give him your old leather jacket? No way. I can get $20 for that easy. Yeah, okay. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Your will is all I want. Just lead me and I will follow. Ed's also helping with the food drive at church. Wants to know if you can help. Hey, stacking lima beans all weekend is not my idea of excitement. Okay, I'll tell him you'll be busy. Fine. Oh, Lord. I just want to do great things for you. Hey, Frank, Dugan just called. He got kicked out of his dorm and needs a place to stay. Can he stay here for the night? No way, man. Dugan's a hog. Tell him to call Ed. Okay. Oh, Lord. Anything you want. Just... Tell me.
2: Prayer. It's more than just talking
1: to God. Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com.
4: This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they've been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573 573- and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys. So
0: first half, we had a fascinating discussion. and We left off about how culture had a... Uh, a play in the schools today. And so I kind of want to expand on that a little bit. You know, you were talking about the college, um, you know, them them putting so much emphasis on college, uh, you know, and it really seems to be a culture thing that they do. Uh, and it has been for a while, you know, the and with the... So I want to get kind of... I, I don't know. Whatever. With the political side of the schools okay how much how much stuff do you notice with them trying to push people towards colleges and different things like that is is what you would deem as indoctrination well mm, that's a hard one because we are fortunate
2: enough in our area that we kind of still live in our own bubble that we kind of get to control what we do and what we say um so Yes and no, and the and the part that I mean the yes on is that it's more what they push out on social media. Not necessarily what we're teaching in the school or pushing in the school, but what we're teaching social media. Because um, we don't talk, especially at the junior high level, maybe more at the high school level, you could probably see more indoctrination happening where they want you and they're pushing and counselors are coming in and they're talking to you and they're bringing in you know, college advisors and they're pushing recruitment trips and they're pushing, you know, we give you a day off to go visit colleges and that kind of stuff. So there's probably a little bit up on there, but it's not at the junior high level, I don't see it. We we push it, but we've we've as a society and as a community, we've decided that going to college is the only way to better yourself, is the only way to to take your spot to the next step. And so as as a form of indoctrination that route, yes. Is because we've we've pretty much made it to where the only way that you're gonna make yourself better is if you go to college and you get a degree. Mm hmm. And we've taken the importance away from trade. We've taken the importance away from any any other job other than a college degree. I mean, shoot, I'm not even using my undergrad degree. My undergrad was in pre-med, not education. Uh-huh. And so that's the, that's the point or that's the problem that we're getting to is that the, as a society, the only way we think that we can get better is to do the more socially appropriate things or those that get us into a social or higher social class. I mean, I can look at you and I say I have a master's degree cool. But you automatically assume that I'm smart. I mean, most people, if you've got a doctor, you automatically assume that they're really smart. I mean, right. The status behind those things that we have put so much emphasis on and that's where in schools that we, we, we go to. Right. Right. What about you?
3: Uh, you know, I, I kind of piggyback off what Kyler's saying. Um, in our area, we're, I feel like, and neither though what I see, uh, we're fortunate to, Give kids opportunities. If they want to go to college, go to college. You know, we'll give you the route. We'll show you how to get there. Uh, and we'll help you any way we can. But in the same token, uh, um, college isn't for everyone, you know, and you know I'm a firm believer in uh whenever kids can go to a trade school and learn to trade, uh, and go out and make over a hundred thousand dollars a year or eighty five thousand dollars a year doing something that they're gonna enjoy, they're gonna love. It's gonna be you know, maybe some physical labor, get some, you know, mud on your boots. But, you know, I, I, I feel like when I was younger, oh, absolutely, um, I, I just, yeah, I felt like if I didn't go to college, then there wasn't much value, you know, that I could get, that I could present. Uh, but as I've gotten older and seeing uh, the options that, that kids are given uh, in our area, and the different uh, steps they can take to get to those routes. Um, I don't think in our area we're specifically, but again, I, I agree with what Kyler says. You know, if you look online or if you look um, at some of your larger cities, I guess um, it seems like it seems like it's pushed often. Um, and I also think it it depends on the district and also the teachers that are in the classrooms. You know, because a teacher in a classroom can make a massive impact on their, if they don't control their own opinions, you know? Um, so I think it varies
0: even from classroom to classroom. So, right. All right. So let's, let's expand on that. You know, you were talking about, you know, the, the, the different, um, you know, the teachers being in the classroom, different stuff like that. So, so you as men, both of you as men, and how, how do you think that, um, your influence is received as a man in the classroom i'll let brad go first this time go ahead brad okay all righty so you know that's
3: a that's a really good question because when i taught elementary uh the, the wonderful years of elementary i realized you know as a male teacher uh i know right i uh i realized as a male teacher it was honestly like a superpower and i don't mean that in any negative way at all but like these kids were just like in awe like it was like anything you said they held on to every word you said you know now that could be good and bad you know um so i really i think if you are a male in education you have to take that with uh, an immense amount of responsibility because you know, as we spoke about earlier, the the home lives um, a lot of these kids that I see, you know, might not have the best father figure or one at all. So when you're stepping foot into their lives and feeling not really feeling a void, but you're you're in a void that they search for, um, you're making a bigger impact than you know. And I realized that in elementary, and then as I progressed, even now coaching high school students, I've uh, been teaching junior high students. They long for it just as much as 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 young, you know eight year or nine and 10 year olds, you know? So, uh, so I really do feel like there's something about, um,
2: about that. I really do. Yeah. And the same thing he said is when you walk into a man's classroom mm-hmm. versus a woman's classroom, a lot of the times, and this also depends on the lady who's in the classroom too, you will see a completely different dynamic. I have students who I didn't have many behavior issues, so when we sit down, we'd go to parent-teacher conferences or we'd sit at lunch and we'd talk about the students. Uh, the female teachers on our team, on my team, would tell me, you know, I'm having issues with so-and-so. And, you know, I can't I can't get them to work. I can't sit down. When I tell them to stop, they stop or they won't stop. And so I've had to write them up. I had to call home and I'm like, they're perfect angel in my class. There's, there's just the different level of respect that is automatically given to a man. And I don't mean that negatively at all, but there's just, we, we demand a certain level. Like you, when I walk in and I talk, you're going to listen where that mothering nature comes in with, with females and they want to take care of all of the other issues first. They want to make sure that, you know, they have their pencil, they have all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you bring your pencil to class. I'm not here to supply you with every single need that you have. I'm here to teach you. So you walk in my classroom, get your pencil, out, get your paper, out, let's go. Now that sounds super harsh, but I understand that some kids, they don't get those items. So I will supply them, but that's, that's the difference between the expectations of my classes. I won't lower them for nobody. I expect you to learn. I expect you to give me your best. And that's what I want from you. Where women and females are usually more apt to, you know, gray that or blur that line a little right. bit more. And so there's just a different level of, um, I guess, I mean, the best part I guess is respect for men in the classroom, especially with students. And we see that because a lot of them don't have father figures anymore they don't have that at home if they have a figure it's some other figure and then they will then personify if you know if they talk back to their mom at home they're going to talk back to the female teachers but you notice that when if we call the dad at home versus the mom if we call the dad they usually are like they straighten up right and there and uh-huh. they are like don't, don't call my dad call my mom say, i'm calling the parent that you don't want me to call is what i'm calling right that's that's so exactly the one i'm doing and so and that's just kind of what we see and that's the sad part, but it, it, it is a reality.
0: Right. Um, do you feel that, that the, let me, let me expand on this because I don't know how else to ask it without, you know, come across the way that it's going to sound. But do you feel that teacher, that the position of a teacher is, is feminized, meaning that when people think of a teacher, Right. The first person now, th- this is me. The first person that comes to mind is a sweet little lady, you know, that that, that is teaching That is teaching. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so my, my point is. The lack of of men in the schools, you know, typically that you when you do see men that they're typically coaches or they are principals, you know, you don't see a whole lot of men teachers right not that i'm trying to to knock the 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 females you know we we need those we need the nurturers we need you know you need that side of it too i i get that but do you think that there is a lack of men inside the schools because the position is feminized yes and no
2: so i was listening to this uh youtube short the other day about this guy and he was talking and he was saying that um How did he put it? He said there are certain jobs. I think it was Jordan Peterson who was actually talking about this. He said there are certain jobs that women are better at and that men are better at. Women are better at the nurturing jobs, taking care of people. If you'll notice, there's more women nurses. There's more women caretakers. There's more women teachers. there's more The types of jobs where women have to be the nurturer or have a nurturing role or a more emotional role, Mm -hmm. that's where they play a role into it. Where men, we're we don't rely on our emotions majority of the time we just go and we act so getting the job done those types of jobs you know construction railroad working you know the hard the task oriented jobs what we're going to do and so i don't necessarily think that we have made teaching into a feminine role men just aren't as apt to do them because it, it is a huge emotional support that you have to provide to students and we just aren't that that person we're not we were not Created that way, some some were created more that way. Some have those talents. Some were given those talents by God to be used. But as an overall overarching role, I mean, like men in administration, yeah, you're going to see that because they have a job. It's black and white. You know, they're the disciplinarian. They're the they're the task-oriented people. This is the job I have to do at the end of the day. We're teaching. I mean, you're caring for your the needs from education to the emotional support to everything in the classroom. So I don't necessarily feel that we've turned it into a feminine job. It's just women fit the role better. Gotcha. Brad?
3: And, I mean, I I don't really know what else to add to that, but, you know, I wonder, I agree. Um, and I wonder if, you know, it's not, um, you know, if you if you think of, you know, 100 years ago, how many male teachers were there? You know, probably not many. Even further back, you know, how many male teachers were there? Probably not many because like Kyra was saying, you know, I think oftentimes... Uh, well, the men, they just went out and they did the they did the, the dirty work, the hard work, you know. Um, so at some point, you know, that transition had to start happening to where there was a male teacher. You know, um, I, I cannot remember. I never had one male teacher until junior high. And then once I hit junior high, I only had one, I believe, that wasn't a coach. So, I mean, you know, now our district we're starting to get a few more male teachers i mean we're a small district so i mean for the longest time we just had like two or three but now we're starting to get more um but you know i don't know if it's because the job has been made into a feminist job or or however you would put it but um i think i do think it's a good thing to get um men into the schools just for the simple fact that um just to to help guide these kids, you know, I mean, because like Kyler said, there's a very, very different role um, from a male teacher to a female teacher and both are needed, you know, not one doesn't overpower the other or vice versa. They're both very needed. And, uh, but, but as far back, going back to your question, I don't really know. if
0: I don't really know the answer to that. Um, I don't really know. Yeah. Well, you know, in culture being different, you you know, you see a lot more disciplinary issues, you know, and you you, you know, you were Brad, you were talking about, you know, fifty, hundred years ago, you know, when when you had the teachers in there and they weren't afraid to take a rule and smack you upside your head, you know, or or you, you know, you know, when there was real discipline able to take place. Right. You know, when when the influence you had in a in a room wasn't necessarily because you were a man or a woman, but because they regardless of who you were, you, they put the fear of God in you, right? Yes. You, you know, versus today where, you, you know, culture has, has cultivated this, um uh, this, yeah, a, a child who does no wrong kind of thing, you know, where, where the, the child, you know, you're not allowed to discipline them, you're not allowed to do those things, you know, and so, um you know, with that being said, you know, you almost need and not in every position because you need you need women teachers you know you need you need those nurturers you need those you know um, as a matter of fact we went you know, you know with school starting back up and stuff like that we went Mavericks three he's starting preschool and uh, we went and met his teacher and I'm I, I'm glad that it's a woman you know he's that age it, you know that you know he needs that nurturing he needs that you know somebody who's who's going to just kind of love him and guide him and you know now don't get me wrong she needs to whoop him I hope she whoops his tail but uh, you know. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not one of those parents. And, um, you know, but it just seems like. A, so last year, I did quite a bit of subbing right here in the public school, public school area. And it, I could always walk into a room and tell if, it, you know, the type of teacher. Cause it's not always it, in some of the men, te- the, the men teachers we've had um, that I've subbed for, they, they might as well have been a woman. Like, there's no respect there. There's no, you know, they, they don't they don't care, uh, or there there are, um, they either don't care, or they have no control over the classroom. They have, you know, they don't know how to use their influence over the kids or anything like that. You know, what I mean, so it's not just not just a man figure, but we need people, men in, in in their lives that that are going to hold them accountable, that are going to give them rules, that are going to, you know, even when they're not getting it at home. Um, and and I guess that's kind of where I was trying to go with that but um, what what is something that you think and and we're we're talking on on the broader spectrum okay not just necessarily Neelyville not just necessarily Papa Bluff but on on a broader spectrum what is something that you think that we desperately need today in our schools Brad we'll start with you Um, oh man okay so uh I think about this all the
3: he's time. Like, where do I, start? like I, 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 he's got his list. Yeah, out. like I, I cannot tell you how often I think about this. And um, the things that always come to my mind are: we desperately need accountability. We need respect. We need God. <laughs> we need those. I mean, because here's the deal: uh, every student that I've dealt with that has been a, that, that has been a negative encounter, there's zero accountability and zero respect. You know, and when you make those calls to home, um, you quickly realize why, you know, and I, and it just is what it is. Students need to be held accountable and that's across the globe that people need to be held accountable, you know, and we're seeing a society of no accountability. We're seeing a society of, um, zero respect for authority or people in general. And, um, and that's just, that's just overflowing into our kids, um, you know, and then, and into the schools, um it, those those three things you know and and as time progresses, you know that God is gonna continue to be pulled out of a classroom or in out of a school and you know uh making making it harder and harder, but the truth is um those three things without them I mean you might as well not go to school, you know because otherwise it just becomes babysitting and an absolute mess so um but I
2: would say accountability, respect, and God, yes takes um. I can't really add any more to that other than more support at home. I mean, there's, there comes a time where, I mean, and I can't, I can't make people have to a two parent household, but it definitely helps having a two parent household, having supportive parents, even if you're not together, making sure that the mom and the dad support each other, especially in the education, um, and seeing the importance. If one's going to see the importance and they need to hold the same values and making sure there's, there's unity in their decision. And that's the, the part that's hard is, um, we have so many split family households now that mom will say one thing, dad will say another thing, or if they're with dad this week, we see a drop in their grades or if they're with mom this week, we see a drop in their grades or um, the consistency is not is not there. And that's the hard part. And so making sure that we have that accountability and that, that uh, structure from home that support from home on both sides would definitely change the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that the lack of, you know, fathers in the homes, have you know or or the the number of broken homes there are today um are it plays a vital role in the the culture that has that has been created um where kids don't have to be accountable you know they you know like you were talking about um Kylie you know where where one parent holds one value one the other parent holds completely different, and sometimes it's in spite of each other and um and you see that you know you see that a lot i seen i used to see that a lot uh, as a children's pastor you know and um you know and, and it's sad you know And here we are you, you know you guys are trying to you know teach and and cultivate the next generation and the parents are fighting tooth and nail just you know just like the kids are and so if if you had if you had just real quick just something to say to the men that will be listening they have kids in school okay what kind of advice or um advice or we'll just go with advice what kind of advice would you give them that would that would encourage them to um to be a better father or be, you know, be a better role model or, you know, help, help the teachers out inside the schools. Kyler, we'll start with you this time.
2: I would say to listen first, then react. I mean, as men, we want to react first. We automatically want to, if a teacher calls home, you want to discipline when they get home. Um, Don't get me wrong. There needs to be consequences for everything. If you're going to misbehave at school, there needs to be a consequence. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is get to the root of the problem figure out why, why this is happening. So you can fix the issue and not just let it be a band-aid for the issue. And that's a lot of the times where we get to, um, the father is the disciplinarian. And so there, you never get the issue and just never taken care of. It's just, you know, band-aids put on it for two weeks and then you get another phone call from the teacher, you discipline them again, and then you go from there. So just making sure that you listen before so you can take care of the issue and then provide the consequence that is actually suitable for it right Red. Red. what about you you know
3: i was thinking similar to that you know um try to find a solution rather than uh, just a punishment you know um try to find something that's going to help remedy the situation rather than just give the punishment to say hey i, I did this to take care of this you know is that really going to fix the issue you know um so that and just just be a learner you know learn every day because i think uh Everything we do can be a learning experience. And if you're learning your, your, your kids, your people, your, whoever you're dealing with, if you're learning, then you're going to grow and, and, and hopefully find a fix to whatever you're trying to fix.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, guys, this is, this has been fantastic. And Brad, I want to thank you for coming on here. And, and, um, you know, men, if you guys have, you you know, listeners, if you guys have got any questions or anything like that, you know, feel free to email us real men at palace you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, here, here we are where schools are starting back up and different things like that, you know, remember that your children, um, your children's teachers are, are people um, that, you know, that, to where they may not be perfect, but they're trying to better your children, um, they're trying to hold them accountable, they're trying to teach them to be young adults along with teaching them to the the fundamentals of life, you know math writing and arithmetic you know all the all the good jazz um you, you know and if you if you've liked what you hear here please um please share share um you, you know the, of course the, the more that it's shared the, the the better the the algorithm um is for it and so uh, i want to encourage you guys to do that uh, also we have a website that we just launched uh, i know i mentioned last week i only mentioned it for a few weeks, but. Uh, uh ruinministries.us um, go check it out you know let us know what you think hopefully we you know contact us um all the jazz and as always i want to end in a prayer holy spirit guide us to be leaders of our homes of our communities and of our churches and teach us to be godly courageous men in jesus name amen
1: You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of
4: Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today, and by The Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk.
5: To join in the conversation join us on thursday nights at 6:30 p.m we gather with other like-minded christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families we show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of christ Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in Room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.